2: Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, a couple of WWE Hall of Famers and other legends have been spotted in St. Louis ahead of the Rumble. Spoilers on potential surprise Women's Royal Rumble entrance. Peacock announces $1.7
3: billion loss for 2021. And we're going to do something a little bit different about the topic of Cody Rhodes in AEW. I'm Adam Wilborn. I'm Andy Murray. And
2: this is the news. We're going to kick things off uh, by running through some potential Royal Rumble stuff, really. Uh, Not necessarily, but Bunch of people been spotted in St. Louis ahead of the Royal Rumble, which goes down tomorrow night in that city, of course. Uh, Right, Fightful Select and PW Insider both coming through with some scoop skis uh, on this matter. But Fightful Select last night broke news that Kurt Angle is in town uh, for the weekend. There's no word on what exactly WWE will have planned for him, but they've got a bunch of press events, they've got media stuff, they've got loads of different things going on, and of course the Rumble itself. So we'll see what happens with Dirty Kurti. Uh, The report here also knows that there has been talks of bringing back Kurt in some kind of on-screen capacity as of late. So, very interesting stuff indeed. The other WWE Hall of Famer, and you're going to like this one, in town is Titus O'Neil. Titus
3: Will Wade. He's
2: in town, so, you know, maybe he'll fall over on his way to the ring. Maybe they'll do that again. But yet, that's the two Hall of Famers, and the other guy, obviously, you know. Just a guy. Some, some just bloke man who's there is The Undertaker. He's in town. Now, of course, Michelle McCool, his wife, is in the Women's Royal Rumble, so he might just be there to support her. I'm just checking Pitbull's
3: schedule as well, actually.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he might need a ring introduction. Um, (laughs) Mr. Worldwide. But there you go. Speculate away. Bunch of legends in town. Titus being the biggest legend of them all and there's uh, some people who might be in the Women's Royal Rumble Yes indeed no
3: time to speculate on this we're trying to try something a little bit different today uh, because there's a trio of unannounced female wrestlers that may or may not be surprise entrants in the Women's Royal Rumble hanging around in St. St. Louis St. Louis I never know. Uh, Dealer's choice. Missouri. That's where they're hanging out. Uh, This is according to PW Insiders Mike Johnson. The most notable names, I suppose, is Melina, who actually hasn't wrestled for WWE in over 10 years. Uh, She's currently in Impact Wrestling, the NWA as well. We have seen her do stuff WWE, But she would be a a fantastic addition to the Women's Royal Rumble, in my opinion. Uh, There's also the former Funkadactyl Cameron, uh, who is hanging around as well. Maybe she'll be involved in the whole Naomi thing tonight on SmackDown or in something at the Rumble. Uh, First appearance in WWE since 2016, this would be. Although, of course, she popped up in AEW for that Women's Tag Team Tournament. Um, And also, PW Insider have confirmed that Aksana, who hasn't appeared in WWE For nearly seven, eight years, basically, uh, potentially could be in the Rumble as well. There's uh, a lot of potential surprises coming our way on Saturday night. I can't wait. Don't forget to join myself and Phil Chambers for our Royal Rumble live stream.
2: Well, let's change gear for a minute and talk about Peacock's gigantic losses uh, for 2021. Although you know, there's a little bit more to it than that. Comcast, the parent company of NBC Universal, who of course operate Peacock, uh, they issued their uh, Q4 2021 and year-end financial reports yesterday. And yeah, the long and short of it is that Peacock's losses for the year. Were more than doubled on the previous year. They sat at 1.7 billion dollars. That is anticipated to rise to 2.7 billion dollars of a loss in 2022. Now the reason for this is increased investment in content rights fees. They anticipate these numbers being low for a while. There's a big content grab from these streaming platforms in the United States at the moment. And of course, you know, last year they spent 1.5 billion dollars on content rights. Uh, WWE network content would be included in that. They signed. $1 billion deal towards the start of last year. Um, It's the kind of headline that looks quite scary at first glance, but it appears to be factored into the Comcast plans. Nothing to worry about just yet. Uh, They're splurging loads of money to get (laughs) as much content as possible in the hope that it'll pay off later down the line, whether it does or not. We'll let you know in, I don't know, like four years or something like that. <laughs> anyway, we've got someone else we're going to bring on our esteemed colleague. A special guest, Andy Murray. Special guest referee, Michael Sidgik. We are going to talk Cody Rhodes' character, his controversial AEW character, yeah. and specifically why you hate it. But first, let's kick it to an ad break.
3: As you can see, we are now joined by our esteemed colleague, Michael Sidgwick, to talk about the uh, divisive figure, I suppose, that is Cody Rhodes in AEW. Since there was a big Reddit thread about this yesterday, debating whether or not fans like or even get what this Cody Rhodes character is as our senior sort of AW correspondent you wrote a whole, a whole book about which is available right now dot com, amazon and amazon as well uh, becoming all elite so what do you make of what do you make of the whole Cody Rhodes situation right now
1: um the term, let it play out, mm-hmm. has become completely bastardised in <laughs> WWE because yeah. it's essentially copium, right? In AEW, on the other hand, I believe it's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. They've war- they've earned my long-term investment, and it's strange to talk about this Cody Rhodes thing now on the back of last week's Dynamite.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or this week's Dynamite, rather. I've said all along, my main point that I like to make with Cody Rhodes is that you can't lose to everyone. Everyone wants a certain wrestler that they like to lose to Cody Rhodes and he beats them and it upsets them and it all converges to create this narrative that he's gobbling up young talent, he's gobbling up the stage, his ego's out of control. He's Triple H. He has to win, he's Triple H. The fact that he's got, well, he had an executive position like doesn't do this narrative any favours. If you go down the line of everyone he's beaten to preserve his star power in order to make someone when they do eventually beat him. Lance Archer, great, great monster, but monsters get felled in wrestling. That's the rule of the actual um, character. Andrade, like, absolutely great worker. He hasn't shown for me that Mm -hmm. he's um, a top-level main event potential guy. He's lost these matches, he's lost those matches. So when he loses to Darby Allen, Mm -hmm. who captured the TNT title from him, and then went on to do some of the best Dynamite demo ratings of the goddamn year as TNT champion in his defences. That was productive. If Cody Rhodes goes 50-50, if Cody Rhodes loses to everyone, and he's lost quite often Mm -hmm. if you actually go on the cagematch.net listings, Darby Allens' win doesn't feel like a huge achievement. It it did rather feel like an achievement because he's beaten Cody Rhodes, who's a star. He's done the exact same thing with Sammy Guevara just now. What do Darby Allin and Sammy Guevara have in common? They are two of the goddamn pillars in AEW who have been selected, hand-picked over the course of however many years, developed very gradually, very consistently, because they are going to, in another two years potentially, be starring in main eventing pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Cody simply picks and chooses the correct people to lose to, the planned people to lose to, and I just think that if you look at what he's done in the whole, and he can add MGF to that. I was going to say, he's
3: well, he lost the three of the pillars. He can't
1: lose to Britt Baker. You know what I mean? He's losing <laughs> to the pillars because the pillars were handpicked all along as potential key main event players for this company in order to elevate the pillars just to reiterate that point the guy has to win more often than not on television so yes Penta, I understand he's a great wrestler I understand he's got a really unique marketable look he kind of has to beat that level of performer because they just for whatever reason don't see Penta mm-hmm. as a guy who's going to headline Revolution 2024 just off the top not as a market. single star yet.
3: yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, Andy I wonder your thoughts on it because especially with the, the recent debates about whether Cody knows or whether or not he's what he's doing here, I feel like he's lent into it more and more in recent weeks. Yeah. You know, the whole what do we want to talk about, or oh, which tunnel <laughs> do I walk down? What do you think about it all?
2: Yeah, I think that since day one, conversation on this, this topic has been a bit misaligned. Um, since really the start of last year, we've had chats on should Cody turn heel, or oh, he you knows, sold the arm snap. Uh, He did this, he did that, he took the spotlight away from this person, he beat Anthony Agogo when he shouldn't have and all these all these other valid conversations and the tone of them has always been shooty turn heel but the thing about Cody Rhodes and AEW has been that since day one, he's always been the guy who doesn't come out of the face or heel turn tunnel, except on the odd occasion like the segment with Sami the other week. He comes through the middle. He's trying to play a different type of thing, and we know that the AEW alignment scale, as set out in the opening press conference in January 2019, is uh, not as rigid as it is in other American mm-hmm. promotions throughout history. Um, and even now, today, uh, you read the crowd reactions, and the thing about them is people will talk about booze. and and assume that he's always going for cheers, Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think reading from what he has said in interviews, Cody himself, and what Tony Khan has said in interviews as well, I genuinely think that they are trying to purposefully create a peak era John Cena type thing, where the idea is any reaction is a good reaction. And the reactions that Cody gets are louder than hell. Um, (laughs) They are easily one of the biggest receptions anyone in the company gets, and yes, they are mixed. Load of cheers, load of booze, everything in between. I think that the reactions he is generating are exactly what he is calibrating himself for. Whether or not that is a good thing, however, is a completely different matter. For me, I personally enjoy the chaos of it all. <laughs> I enjoy how over it is, and the fact that it is generating discussions like we're having today is probably the intent. Yeah, Sige, I mean, not to go full Bully
3: Ray here, but he's getting an awful lot of heat. Like, there will be a certain pocket of the audience who will always cheer Cody Rhodes because they see him as the figurehead of AEW, Which, you know, he made as an alternative to WWE. Having said that, like Andy alluded to there, he is coming out you know in his world he's the hero and it's arguably quite a good you know heel dynamic you always got to feel like an element of a heel is justified he's coming out and saying everyone should be thanking me effectively I've made the forbidden door I create this place you know he talked about uh, he sort of went all over the place with that promo last week but he talked about Punk and the pipe bomb and said what he talked about and I basically did it it was a bit heelish he didn't fully lean into it just yet. but it feels like that's the direction he's going and leaning there going well I'm a free agent so anything could happen this weekend only sort of adds fuel to that fire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to
1: spin off into a very different point, because I think Andy's very capably covered the whole mm-hmm. heel turn thing. I think another um, aspect that really annoys people is the idea that he um, has just got a gigantic ego. And if you look at the Andrade match in and the street fight, I saw very little of Andrade's sort of input, creativity between the sledgehammers, the tables, everything. It was a Cody match. Andrade could have been anyone against yeah. Cody. So I do understand it, but ultimately, Andrade's not the objective to make. The pillars are, and he's lost to three of them, so bear that in mind.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. And if he it would be a different matter if he was on dynamite uh beating daniel garcia in a minute and a half right but like like you say that's how you build a star worth knocking down is with victories they have to feel important they have to feel you have to have a tiered roster and the person who is being used to make stars and elevate them to a level beyond even themselves has to be credible has to be important has to be winning um the only way for me, like the Jeff Jarrett Triple H comparisons, which have always been bad faith for me mm-hmm. since day one, would hold any water as if he was literally burying people. Now, I do think there are things that he shouldn't have done. I don't think he should have immediately popped right up from the arm snap. I don't think he should have shrunk off Anthony Ogogo's punch yeah. uh, within the first minute of that match. There are definitely moments you can point to, but on the whole, i tell you what, if he turns up on Dynamite next week and he does a gauntlet match with Wheeler, Utah, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, <laughs> who else is new and cool? Dan, Dan Dante Martin, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dan Ricky Housen. Starks, Dan Housen beats them all in a minute in a gauntlet match in a row. That, my friends, is when this will turn into a true American nightmare. <laughs>
1: It's the worst joke
2: <laughs> <laughs> And on that
3: note... Yeah, thanks for that, Sid. Uh, we might continue this debate, actually, um, on our, our podcast, our Rampage preview later on today. What Culture dressing wherever you get podcasts from, I love the fact he's just stormed out there. That's the most eccentric thing ever. Let's
2: cut to a quick break.
3: Okay.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium
2: Wireless. Then to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just fifteen bucks a month. So
0: give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows Full terms at Mintmobile.com.
3: a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. Right, let's move on into your Twitter questions at WhatCulture Of course, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter. First question today comes from His Lordship Dan Zimmerman. Good day, sir. I'm Keith Lee. My lady. Uh, Dan writes, good morning, legend and king of the mic. That's right, it's over <laughs> now, Andy. <laughs> you might be yeah. That's the noise they're actually gonna use when the rumble counts down this year. Oh. Just that like noise. Like ten times in a row for every ten, step. Ten, nine. That's <laughs> right, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I did get a tweet from someone yesterday saying, "I hate that noise." <laughs> so it's divisive. It's like Cody Rhodes. It's like Cody, yeah. Uh, Dan says, "Here's here's hoping that your weekend is a fantastic one." Do you Thank think you. the WWE has found a way to be even worse than WCW? At wow, worst?
2: wow, that is a, that is a big one to drop on us on a yeah. Friday morning, isn't it? Uh, shout out to you. That's a great question. It's one that we could <laughs> one that we could do a podcast on, really, yeah. for like two hours. Um, I don't think we've reached quite that level of desperation. I think there are individual moments that you can pick up from the past few years and go that was worse than WCW. There are loads of them. Uh, I don't need to pick individual ones out but I will anyway. Uh, Bobby Lashley sisters uh, a lot of the Fiend stuff, the Goldberg match in Saudi Arabia. There's loads of it you can pick out absolutely 100%. The thing that separates it for me, however, is the degree of business incompetency that came with WWE, uh, WCW. Yeah. WWE is a monolith, business-wise. They are Scrooge McDuck to the massive McDuck, uh, <laughs> WCW was uh, pissing dollars away. Yes,
3: they, so, uh, yes and there is an element, I will say here, of CM Punk talking about WWE or Vince making money in spite of themselves. But I will say this, as an optimist, I like to consider myself that and not a shill, as I'm often accused of being on Twitter. Um, there's still flashes. Like, I'm going into the Rumble this weekend with, and I know it's the hope that kills you, but with all the hope in the world, I think this could be Rumble. a sensational Rumble. It's the Rumble. And the, Rumble the start Rumble's. of a great... Like the, it, Elements of WWE have been great at, since the start of this year. Other elements, not so much, but it's far better than WCW's darkest days, in my opinion. And like you say, it's making money. So there's the big difference. Duke McGrath gives us our second fact oh, wow. of the <laughs> day.
2: We're getting all the lo- royal people. I don't know. Is Duke it a Duke Royal?
3: Yeah. Put up, you Dukes. Uh, Duke says, morning, legends. I know we're all excited about the Rumble Saturday night. Uh, joined myself and Phil Chambers for the live stream for that, of course but what is your tips for making it to the end? This is supposed more for our, uh, you know, uh, European viewers, let's say. Stay off the early beers, afternoon nap, this afternoon nap, this 30 something, just can't do the late ones anymore. Yeah,
2: definitely stay off the early beers for sure. Uh, That'll tire you out straight away. If I have like three or four beers, I want to go to bed now. I'm 34 (laughs) for perspective, so there you are. Uh, My strategy is different to a lot of people. I'm not a good napper, I'm, I'm just not good at it. So what I do is I have three cups of coffee throughout the course of the evening and that serves me well. I usually have one about uh, an hour and a half or so before the pre-show mm-hmm. starts. Then I'll have one at the start of the pre-show, then one at the start of the show itself. You can dose down to two if you don't drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Um, that'll give you enough, that gives me enough energy to get through the show and then by the end, once I've had the buzz of the pay-per-view wear off a little bit, I'm good to go to bed. That works for me. Hope it works for you yeah my tip coffee enema
3: that's what i do before every no uh i don't really drink Stick a lot of coffee up there so yeah i do have like one big cup of coffee during the pre-show basically to get me through but i have an afternoon afternoon napper even if it's just half an hour to an hour i find that really makes the world a difference shower beforehand you know like 11 o'clock if the pay-per-view's at one for example uh and then yeah just, uh, it's best watching it with a mate because you sort of bounce off each other, like you say. Their energy Uh, becomes your energy. And my secret weapon, Skittles Chewies. You may see me tossing them in there, catching them in my mouth, and I don't think I'll need any energy, but like you say, I'd stay off the energy drinks once you're like halfway through the baby. because. you won't sleep for a week. You're going to be wired afterwards and... Ronda Rousey's return is going to more than do that enough for me. Um, right, let's finally conclude with Chris 2's question. Too bad. Who uh, says? <laughs> Morning Legends. If the What Culture Office had a Royal Rumble, who would win and what would be the prize?
2: You know, I think a pretty popular answer in this would be Simon because he's got wrestling experience and he's very big. Yeah. Um, however, I think everyone else would team up and eliminate him because yes. he's the biggest threat in it. So it wouldn't be Simon Miller, unfortunately. How on earth
3: are we going to get me over the top rope though? So bloody dreadful. Yeah, how's
2: that going to happen? Uh, it, Phil also has wrestling experience. That That's my pick. But Phil's not my pick because I think he would do some mental spot and end up up compromising himself. He might even do the Mill Mascaris and just eliminate himself jumping (laughs) off the top rope. Um, So my pick for this is actually me because I'm physically the heaviest and you'll never get me over the top rope. (laughs) And I don't have the Simon Miller factor. Nobody is going to look at my schlub ass and think I'm a threat. That's how I'm going to do it. I'm winning. That's
3: a shout I mean... I was gonna pick Phil because of his resting experience, <laughs> and he's a wily little git at times. Yes, scamp. But you might be right. He might do something bonkers. Yeah, he might do a shooting star. Press. I feel like I'd be, knowing my luck, I'd be booked to win it and do the uh, Alex Riley spot. Where, oh, well, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have to, I don't know, book Nicholas to it. Nicholas would be a popular winner. Yeah, you, need, you need to have a popular. Nicholas winner. would be a good one. Or Cleary, Cleary's a little sneak as well. Yeah, Let us know your cool. picks in the comments. The prize. Uh, Working the WrestleMania stream, probably <laughs> going to WrestleMania. So you're telling me there's a chance? There's a very tiny chance, but hey, if anyone, any businessman, if like Elon Musk's watching and wants to like just say, hey, I like these guys. They got they got some good Maxi. Let's send them all to Texas. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't hold on to it to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But telling me there's a chance let's move on to today's and finally uh, this might be an old thing but i saw it sort of read at squared circle earlier and it popped my little tits off taz proudly holding the trademark for the human suplex machine yep what a guy lovely also loved seeing the picture
2: of dan Housen and hook that just exploded the internet last night Housen, obviously mm-hmm. they are just add housing at the end it's it's quite i understand why people say they don't understand this gimmick it's very simple very yeah. evil you just add <laughs> housing you like teeth you do curses Come
3: on. Look at the views on our news video yesterday. Look at the views on on, uh, Dynamite. It's a draw, man. Yeah.
2: Draw housing. Right, let us know your thoughts on that and all of today's That's going to register like a piss take I really like the giver. Yeah, the let,
3: the let us know your thoughts on everything though in the comments section But don't forget to like, share and subscribe and subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts uh, we're going to preview Smackdown and Rampage and continue that conversation about Cody Rhodes on there uh, plus we've got Wrestle Culture with a hashtag bloody good quiz coming your way later on today plus you can let us know your thoughts and Twitter questions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE watch there follow both of us. you can follow Andy Murray at-, at Andy H
2: Murray the H stands
0: for
3: <laughs> ha ha follow me at Anna Wilborn. you follow us all at what Culture WWE but for now my thanks Andy Murray thank you for joining us enjoy the rumble at the weekend and we will see you soon
2: hey
0: it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince